didn't think I was going to let a whole week go by without another episode of the podcast devoted to the classic and sometimes the not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear, did ya? It's Monster Kid Radio. I'm your writer, host, producer, Derek M. Cook. This is episode number 606. And that familiar music, if you're a long-time listener, you know that whenever we play this music, Hattori Hanzo Surf experiences song, Kashyyyk Beach Party. It's time for the Monster Rally Retro Awards, or what we call here the rallies. We every year, every year, we look back at the previous year's monster movies and decide what's the best. Well, I don't. You do. I open up a poll. I ask you to vote for best actor, actress, director, movie, and best monster of the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And every year, we pick a particular year per decade. So 1931, 41, 51, 32, 42, 52, and so on. And because of some things that came up when we looked at the previous years, 37 and 47, 38 and 48 were kind of slim pickings. So we combined the sevens and the eights. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. When you hear the recording of what happened when we went live on Twitch with author Stephen D. Sullivan to announce the winners of the 57-58 part of the ballot, where we're going to go through and mention all the nominees and then let you all know who you all voted for. I mean, you know who you voted for, but it's by popular vote. So you're going to hear those winners here in a little bit. This is a live recording. This is something that Steve and I went on Twitch live and did this past Wednesday night. I recorded the audio, zhuzhed it up a little bit to make sure it sounded podcast quality-ish, and this is what you get. If you were there live, awesome. Thank you for being there, and thank you for participating in the chat. And if you were there live, you saw the little bonus that we gave you at the end of the recording, which we'll talk a little bit briefly with Steve in what you're going to hear here. Now, other than this, though, this is a normal episode of Monster Kid Radio, which means Kenny's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland, and super excited, it's the season finale, kind of, sort of, it's the finale, the wrap-up, the last episode of Ultra 7. 7. 7. 7. The last time I get to do that with Mark Matsky's Beta Capsule Review, which we're going to get to in a moment. One never knows what lurks in the chamber of horrors. The beast loomed over her. It grinned down at Nina, fangs dripping clouds of hot breath billowing white in the moonlight. Its eyes blazed bright red. Nina felt the heat of the thing's body burning into her. Its reek like decaying meat made her wretch. She wanted to get to her feet, wanted to run, but fear held her tight in its grip. She gazed up at the monster, paralyzed. A low growl like the purr of a hungry cat emanated from the creature's massive throat. To Nina, the werewolf almost seemed to be smiling. She screamed. Opal Cushing, London, England, that same night. Opal Celine Cushing sat bolt upright in bed, screaming. Her eyes shot wide, her heart pounded in terror. Sweat poured down her 18-year-old body. She looked around, frantic. Her sister, who shared the same bed, appeared beside her in an instant. What is it? 
Topaz asked. Opal, what's wrong? He killed me, Opal wailed. He killed me, I'm dead! Dr. Cushing's Chamber of Horrors, a classic monster alley novel by Stephen D. Sullivan. Available now at Amazon and other fine retailers. Coming soon in audiobook. Live from the Land of Light in Nebula M78, home of the mighty Ultra Heroes, it's Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review. Ultra 7's battle with Kaiju Pandon leaves Dan Moraboshi in the medical bay of TDF headquarters in the 49th and final episode of the series, The Biggest Invasion in History, Part 2. When Dan hears that x-rays and surgery may be necessary, he steals away at the very moment when the alien ghosts commence their all-out aerial attack on the Terrestrial Defense Force compound. Using Ultra Guard member Amagi as a mouthpiece, the ghosts communicate their terms. Complete surrender, or they will use their bunker-busting bombs to annihilate humankind. While the TDF makes a last-ditch effort to locate the alien base, Dan crashes the pointer and is found by a brother and sister who take him home with them. As the sister attempts to contact a doctor, Dan learns the younger brother is an Ultra Guard and Ultra 7 fan. Eager to assist his hero, the youngster helps Dan escape medical attention by taking him to his clubhouse, which is also outfitted with Ultra Guard memorabilia. There, Dan learns that Amagi is still being held captive by the ghosts and resolves to transform once more to save his comrade, even though his superior is sure that this will kill Seven. Moments before he applies the Ultra-Eye, Anne Yuri arrives, and Dan is faced with the prospect of revealing his ultimate secret. The Biggest Invasion in History, Part 2, is a stunning series finale, balancing intense action with quiet character moments to create a fitting farewell to our Ultra Hero. Whereas Part 1 seemed a bit subdued, Part 2 really goes for it in terms of scale and story. The sequence in which world landmarks are destroyed is particularly jaw-dropping, but it's the moment of truth between Dan and Anne which is the real standout. With its dramatic lighting and heartfelt dialogue, it's a truly iconic scene paying off the relationship that's been at the heart of the show and lending further weight to Ultra 7's final heroic sacrifices. Ultra 7 was originally intended to be the last entry in the series, but its massive popularity could not be ignored. After its first run was complete, a proposal was submitted to Tokyo Broadcasting System in early 1969 for a direct follow-up to the original series, but the network wanted something different. Sadly, only a few months later, studio founder Eiji Tsuburaya passed away. In the wake of his death, his eldest son Hajime assembled a team to revise the project, and while Ultra Q, Ultraman, and Ultra 7 were being rebroadcast, work began on a new show entitled Return of Ultraman, which would debut in April 1971. 
For Monster Kid Radio's Beta Capsule Review, this is Mark Matsky reporting. speaking. I just saw the impossible happen before my astounded eyes. I saw a man grow smaller and smaller day by day. I saw the loneliest and most frightened creature on earth living a nightmare in a world of giants. The incredible shrinking man. The incredible shrinking man. Since the beginning of time, that evil, supernatural creatures exist in a world of darkness. And it is also said, man can call forth these powers of darkness, the demons of hell. It is the night of the demon. And tonight is the night that Dana Andrews, as a daring scientist, defies the mysterious murderous devil cult in a desperate battle against the demons of hell. Oh, why did you drop the poker? Red hot. We didn't, you know. Oh, my boy, you're as pale as death. There was something in here. He has been chosen. I've been chosen for what? What do you mean? Today I found all the pages of my desk calendar torn out after October the 22nd. I know why. He died on the 22nd. John, what's the matter? The same thing happened to my desk calendar after the 28th. The frightened girl. The master of witchcraft. You will die as I said. At 10 o'clock on the 28th of this month. Your time allowed is just three days from now. Skeptical? Don't make up your mind till you see this masterpiece of macabre magic. Because, after all, evil supernatural creatures really do exist. Hello there, Monster Kid Radioheads. This is Kenny with a look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. Today we are seeing the winners of the Rally Awards from 1957 and 1958. Let's see which movies from the eight nominated top films merited significant coverage in Famous Monsters. The first two, The Screaming Skull and Monolith Monsters, they both flew under FM's radar and were not featured in FM during its original run. It, The Terror Beyond Space, and The Thing That Couldn't Die were briefly mentioned in issue two of FM from September of 1958. It, The Vampire from Outer Space, and The Curse of the Faceless Man will be paired for the strong-hearted. Jerome Bixby, veteran of 60 science fiction stories, wrote the screenplays of these thrillers. Vampire is about a blood-drinking monstrosity from another world, loose on a spaceship far from Earth. How about that crazy thing that could not die, huh? A head looking for a body for 400 years? The head of Gideon Drew? 
a 16th century delinquent who had too much to do with the devil. Old Francis Drake himself, call him Sir, took it upon himself to separate Bad Boy Drew from his body, and thereby hangs a tale? Anyway, as tales go, the thing that could not die is a pretty tall one. All it needs was a revival of the old pop tune, I Ain't Got No Body. The Blob was part of a compilation article about Blob and Brain movies in issue 99 from July of 1973, 15 years after its initial release. The Blob was made in unliving color. It too shuttled to Earth inside a meteorite, and soon afterward the gelatinous substance was discovered by a nosy farmer. After absorbing the man, it moved on to bigger and better things, all the while increasing in size. There was no escaping the thing as it slithered under doors and through window gratings. Steve McQueen and his teenage friends found out about the creature's unwholesome appetite and followed it to a local supermarket. After acid, bullets, and electricity proved ineffective against the giant red terror, the hero rationalized that cold, not the germ, the temperature, would immobilize it. The poor thing now lies in a frozen state in the Antarctic. But keep reading. The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad never had an article dedicated to it, but in a three-part article spanning issues 20, 21, and 23 about Harryhausen, we see some pictures and a bit about Ray's masterpiece. This came out in June of 1963. Dynamation, the most imaginative of the many new spectacular movie-making processes. Dynamation, the process that brings to vibrant life the magical fantasy of the enthralling Arabian Nights stories in a joyous, exciting adventure into the mysterious world of man's imagination. Bringing all to enthralling and breathtaking life is Dynamation, an original matting of color on a motion picture frame consisting of animation, normal human action, and blue backing trick photo effects. Before Dynamation was cleared as practical, producer Schneer and special effects expert Ray Harryhausen experimented with it for more than a year, filming thousands upon thousands of feet of color film in various tests until they finally achieved what they had been seeking. And the winners for FM were the two Hammer classics, Curse of Frankenstein and Horror of Dracula. They both had comic book versions and photo story versions published in FM. Warren Magazine also put out the two photo stories in a separate one-shot magazine. We don't learn much about the production, but it was a great way to experience or relive these horror icons before the home video age, with all the pictures and full story presented. Frankenstein was featured in Monster World 3 and FM 87, and Dracula appeared in FM 32 and Monster World 9. The one-shot magazine with both films came out in 1964. That is all for this week's look at Famous Monsters of Filmland. We will have more next time. For MKR, this is Kenny saying adios. Attention, please, while I tell you about one of the most fantastic motion pictures you will ever see, The Fly. The Fly is the story of one of the world's greatest scientists, a man with a wife and child who challenged the supreme power of the universe in his laboratory when he decided to play with atoms. When these atoms go out of control, the most terrifying thing that ever happened appears on the screen. 
This is the first time the effect of atomic mutations on humans has ever been shown. You will not be allowed to see the fly alone unless you sign a legal waiver in the theater lobby. The fly, in Cinemascope and color by Deluxe from 20th Century Fox, is coming on wings of the most fantastic terror you have ever seen. Brain, it's gone. That's not all. The entire spinal cord is missing. What? It's incredible. It's as if some mental vampire were at work. Does it come from another country or another world? This terrifying menace that G2 must destroy before it's too late. Image is fading, sir. There it goes again. Same trouble. How can they stop this invisible force whose only warning is a weird, blood-chilling sound? <laughs> only two people still alive can help this agent find the answers. The girl who could be a spy and the scientist who could be the destroyer of the entire human race. We're facing a new form of life that nobody understands. I believe it feeds on the radiation from your atomic plants and that it's evil. You've got to stop them. There's only one way to shut down your atomic plant. If I can get through, I can blow up the control room. So right now, my fiance is in St. Louis. Um, she is at Transworld. Hi, Beth. I don't know if she's watching right now. Um, Transworld is a huge convention for all things haunted house and haunts. Trans for like transform or transformative. Um, it's been going on just forever. Uh, I've been aware of it for at least the past decade or so. I know I've got a handful of other friends there as well. Ed from Midnight Syndicate is there. Uh, Beth is there with Vendetta Productions. Vendetta Productions is the powerhouse behind Scaregrounds PDX, which is the haunted house that uh, she works with that I had a chance to work for last year. But she like designs houses there, that sort of thing. Uh, haunts there, that sort of thing. And she is, I don't know what the official title is, but she's, getting more and more responsibilities with Vendetta as we move on. Um, if you are in St. Louis and you happen to go there, stop by the Vendetta production table and say hello to the really cute redhead, but don't get any ideas. I've already kind of claimed hers. <laughs> Look at the rock on her hand. <laughs> know that that woman is spoken for. <laughs> uh, she'll let you know. She'll let you know. Um, yeah, I'm sure. She just discovered the five-page note that I snuck into her suitcase and so before, before she left. So yeah, she'll yeah she'll yeah. But um, if Beth is watching, I love you, Beth, and I miss you. And I won't see her until Monday or Tuesday. So it's gonna be the first time we've been apart for this long. Like there, there are a handful of times that we've spent maybe like a day apart from each other. Because she's working or not feeling well or vice versa. And yeah, this is going to be a, a long, rough couple of days. I've got plenty of stuff to keep myself busy. 
Uh, there's a reason why I scheduled this for today. Because <laughs> uh, I knew Beth was going to be gone. Um, then I've got that book to finish, getting ready to go for the convention I'm doing in mid-February in just a couple of weeks. Uh, so, yeah, happy February, everybody. Yeah, February 1. Oh, hey, I should go pay my rent. I can't believe January is over already. Yeah. But we're proud of you for doing this. This is It's awesome that you've actually sat down and written an, an entire book and then you're going to have it in people's hands very, very quickly here. So that's uh, that's fabulous. It's It's been something I've wanted to do for a long time. It's been a lot of really, really hard work, mind-numbing work, and I'm exhausted, but I'm so glad to finally have done it. And uh, if if I'm being crazy about it, book one of a 10-book idea that I have in my head. So... <laughs> Go for it, man. So we will, we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, never say never, because... When I first started writing uh, novels 30 years ago-ish, mm-hmm. uh, I had this idea that I was going to do the series called Frost Harrow. And Frost Harrow was going to be Goosebumps for Grown Ups. It was going to be a new book every month for at least three years. Oh. So I had 36 separate ideas, not all of which were, you know, brilliant maybe, but that I was going to run this whole series with little arcs discrete arcs within each year so there was year one arc year two arc year three and then my agent completely failed to sell the idea to uh to publishing this was just before stephen king started coming out with those little those really slim books and i was like bastard stole my idea <laughs> was that was that the green mile and it was the green mile wasn't it right the green mile yeah right and that, that was all you know it was one story but they came out as, as like serialized stories i remember he did that the idea was he wanted to drive more people to the bookstores that you know he wanted to at least that's that's what the interviews all said is that it was less about putting out six books to have like six months or whatever worth of income versus get somebody hooked on something and have them keep coming back to the local bookstores the independent bookstores right and drive that industry and good for him for doing that you know yeah absolutely Absolutely. Um, but in any case, right, right at the same time, I had a very similar idea that would have worked similarly. And my agent at the time just totally screwed it up, failed to, failed to sell it. And it's sat on my shelves for the last 30 years, but this year, God willing, (laughs) pandemic willing and all forces universe willing, those books are coming out. They're next on my, well, semi next on my list. I have, um, I have props. I have the Tales of the Blue Kingdom books coming out. As Derek knows, uh, in a Kickstarter that may be starting as early as next Tuesday. And if not, hopefully the Tuesday after that, we'll see how fast they approve the stuff. But after this, it's the Frost books and the, and the werewolf book, which I finally have gotten approval to, Hey, you like my draft? I'm going to do one more draft. <clears throat> and then the werewolf book, and we'll see which of the, which of that, those two things, come out next. Betty. But it's exciting, you know. I mean, it's a uh, someone's been running books for a long time. It's still that thrill of actually getting them, of being able to pick them up, hold them in your hands, 
they say, look, there's pages here, and they have words on them, and they're words that I wrote, and and I'm sure I'll find a typo in it somewhere, but... No, as soon as you open it up, as soon as you sit down and start reading it, you'll find a typo almost immediately. That that's Solomon's how it works. Uh, Sullivan's first law, and all I have to do is actually spend more time looking at them than I have. Usually, I they come in from the printer, and it wouldn't be a, you know... As a, as a small shipment or whatever, I'd pick them up and I'd be very excited. And I would just open up a random page and there would be a mistake. So uh, to go to the chat real quick, do I like Common Rider? I am not familiar enough with Common Rider to say yay or nay. I've been curious, but it's a big franchise. It's a big thing that I I feel intimidated about trying to get into. I, I know that... A lot of people recommended I try early, you know, the more recent stuff. But again, the the mindset that I have when it comes to this kind of thing is I got to start from the beginning, um, which is why I haven't gotten back, haven't haven't tried getting into Doctor Who because I want to start at the beginning, and it's a lot. Um, that has worked with Ultraman, but uh, yeah, I just I what I've seen of Common Rider, which is just clips on YouTube, it looks cool. Uh, new chat, first time chat. Well, I'm sorry. We have somebody, um, a new chatter. Is that, let's see, Limit LXSS Limitless, I suppose. Hello, how's it going? Well, hello to you too. Welcome to the Monster Kid Radio Twitch channel, currently called the Monster Kid Movie Club, but there may be a change coming to the name of that in the near future. Stay tuned. When I say near, probably Ooh, the of the year. Yeah, just real vague. No, no solid things. But uh, this, the idea is that we're going to see this Twitch channel start to get busy again. That's that's the hope. So keep your fingers and tentacles crossed. Um, I have been trying to well, idolize hope doing yeah, doing books and anything else. <laughs> well, it's less that and more my work schedule and just my mental. I if I I almost feel bad with the reanimating that I've been doing with the, the revival of it in that I've not like programmed anything per se you know I just kind of pick one movie and put it on loop for like 48 hours which is fine you know but I miss programming an entire block worth of stuff so right haven't haven't even one thing up though we're you know we had some Good chats over uh, Godzilla Raids again, or Gigantus the Fire Monster this last Saturday. Yes, it was there were a lot of them. Gigantus Gai- the Fire Monster. Very, very clear. That's the version that I showed because right. yes. it may be okay to show it. <laughs> <laughs> because that's the, the version that may possibly be in public domain, probably. Kind of. So, yeah. It's weird, though. I had trouble remembering what the original Japanese name for it was as you were playing it was like oh it's Gigantus the Fire Monster and I'm like is it or is it the other one and I was like no no it's the American version of Gigantus the Fire Monster yeah you can tell immediately uh, the opening credit music is not Asuka Bay um <laughs> yeah yeah I didn't watch a lot of Kamen Rider there was um Shop Factory television ad okay they do runs of things and sometimes they'll go all the way back to the early in their catalog and 
uh, there was a day where I saw a bunch of Common Rider there that was from the original Common Rider series, and it it was kind of like Ultraman with uh, with uh, motorized by motorbikes and and an insect head guy. Yeah, but it was fun. You know, I mean, it's that whole Tokusatsu thing, and and I I kind of think of them all. You know, I've as much to my surprise, enjoyed a number of the Power Rangers series that they were showing that same way. It was like, oh, it's kind of fun. The girls are really cute. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Anyway. I, I totally get wanting to start that stuff from the beginning, though. And, and uh, you've got some real treats coming up and watching Doctor Who from the start. You're going to enjoy that. Eventually. Eventually. I, I may just kind of skip ahead, because... You know, Beth is a huge Doctor Who fan, but, you know, she came around during the the new revival of it. So we'll see what happens. Shout out to Tom G in the chat. What's up, Monster Kids? He says, what's up with you, sir? Hey, uh, Tom. Dynaman is the bomb, he says. Dynaman. Are you familiar with Dynaman? No, not really. I mean, I've heard of it, but they all blend together for me. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, Dynaman. Okay. So that it is it Dino Ranger? Is it one of the Gekoku Sentai Dino Ranger? Yeah, it's one of those things got turned into Power Rangers, right? Right. There's yes. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them and they all start with Gekoku Sentai and then it's like Dino Ranger or Kara Ranger. And those are the two I think I've seen. So if Dynaman is uh one of those two originally, then I've seen those two. Goku Sentai Dynaman. Seventh entry in the Super Sentai series. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so that would be that. All right, cool. So, yeah, I will confirm, and I mentioned this, I think, in the last episode. We are going to be doing Kaiju Lai on Monster Kid Radio. There will be a month of Kaiju coverage. Not entirely sure what all that coverage will involve. I can tell you that um, I have been contacted by somebody who, for my money, produced one of the absolute best kaiju podcasts ever uh, to may want to be involved. So uh, with any luck, fingers and tentacles crossed again, we'll have him on the show. Did that person retire their their kaiju cast? Yep. As it were? Yep. Yep. Oh, no, he's great. I love him. So... Yeah, he, he heard me mention it on the podcast, and he reached out, and he's like, if you're going to do it, let's do it. And like, that's, yeah, we're in. Uh, and I'll probably, I mean, I, I know that at one point I talked about doing uh, a big episode with uh, a handful of people, roundtable style for something, and I'm probably going to reach out to those folks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hesitant to mention too many names, because I don't have anything lined up. But we're going to be doing Kai July, Kaiju movies in July, so that would be awesome. Kenny is in the house. Kenny, what's up, sir? Woo, Kenny. Kenny, the mastermind behind the famous Monsters of Filmland segment on Monster Kid Radio that uh, a new listener, yeah, relatively new listener, I suppose, just wrote me an email saying that he uh, really loves all the segments on the show and specifically mentioned famous monster segments. So you'll hear that email not on this week's episode, but on next week's episode of Monster Kid Radio. This week's episode of Monster Kid Radio will be, well, this, what you're hearing. Uh, you'll hear Mark Massey's Beta Capsule review, and if I remember correctly, it is the finale of Ultra 7. 7. 
Seven. 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 Yeah, you'll you'll hear the beta capsule review for that. He's Mark's eager to get into the return of Ultraman, the third series. So uh, I'm excited for that as well. Um, yeah, he's catching up to me. I'm going to have to actually get back into the third series and plow plow my way through it. So I'm unfortunately, just, uh, the, the uh, you place know, I was watching it online used to have a Roku channel. Yeah. And then they killed the Roku channels. Well, and I've also heard some rumors that Mill Creek has done some, has made some decisions regarding the future of them releasing Ultraman on disc. And I, I don't know all the details there, but uh, anyway, Kenny's working on a segment for this week's Famous Monsters of Film Line segment, which if you're listening to this in the podcast, you will have already heard. If he sent it to me. So there's that. Uh, Kenny is eager to see which monster won best monster, um, Cyclops or the Emir. He had a hard time choosing between the two. And <laughs> we'll go from there. Somebody just said Ultraman 80 in the chat. That's my favorite Ultraman. I love Ultraman. I've watched, well, everything that I own here, which is Ultra Q through, well, at least Ultraman 80. Um, and then some of the newer stuff as well. Uh, Ultraman 80. We have all the sets. Yeah. Between the those two. Yeah, so like the first six like the first six or so or seven, maybe it's eight, I don't remember. You put them together on the shelf and it's like one they they've combined all the spine art to make one collage. Um unfortunately when you get to like Ultraman eighty and a few of the ones before that, there were not HD elements available or elements that could be up converted to HD. So they were not released on Blu ray, they were released just on D V D. I believe you can get them in blue. That's why I couldn't find it on Blu-ray. I I believe you can get them on blue in Japan without subtitles, but I don't think it's like a remaster or whatever. It's just somebody upconverted it and put it on Blu-ray, which is fine, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, I've got Ultraman 80 and then two other series on DVD as well. And then I had to stop buying them because financially I couldn't keep up. But I... You know, would like to kind of get back to it, and Beth and I have jokingly talked about adding it to our wedding registry. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> our wedding registry right now is nothing but geek stuff. Anyway, it's like you know a pizza cutter in the shape of the Enterprise, things like that. So you know, <laughs> yeah, I thought I was not gonna do more ultra collecting until I discovered that there is a place where sometimes you can find ten dollars series that are lightly lightly used, uh, and then it was like, oh. For ten dollars, I'm gonna have to have everyone that I don't have already. So I do want to do some Ultraman coverage in Kai July. So we'll figure that out. Well, you know me. If you want to do any of that stuff, I'm up for it. Well, I've got two people that have reached out to me over the years. Every time I bring up doing something with Ultraman, I've had two very specific folks been like, "I'm there, I'm there." So it's just a matter of just scheduling all that. Um, if I can yeah, get you could it. do. <laughs> you could do kaiju 23 <laughs> and probably do it all year long I, I could but i'm not going to because you know it was a mixed response the listener survey that i did where i was asking people if they liked the set you know the, the theme months it was a mixed response pretty much down this down the middle some people liked it some people actively disliked it um and and said as much in, in the survey and that's fine you know i i don't want to turn every month to a theme month on Monster Kid Radio because it could alienate some listeners if they're not interested in that sort of thing. But you know, we'll see. Right. We'll see how Kai July goes. Think of all the different theme months that I have done or will be doing, 
A month of kaiju seems to be the easiest sell. A month of luchador movies, as much as I love them, aren't everybody's cup of tea, you know? The one time we did, like, Dan Sember, and we did nothing but Dan Curtis Productions. Yeah, I mean, it, it did okay. It did okay. But, you know, Giant Monsters, I think everybody's into. So. No, I agree. And I, and the, actually, this, as much as I love Dan Curtis and, and Luchador movies, it's kind of the way I feel, too. It's like, I think when you do theme months, you're better off doing them just sporadically rather than saying, okay, this time every year we're going to do it. Then it becomes kind of like, oh, if, if you don't like it, it's like, okay, I'm not listening to March exactly. or for May or December or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, that makes sense to me. Man. We need a giant luchador movie. Yes, we do. Um, the words kaiju and lucha are both five letters long. Both share the letter U and would make an amazing logo uh, if you put the two words together. I've not doodled this at all myself over the years. Never. Um, but yes, we, we definitely need something where luchadors have to fight kaiju. I'm in. Yeah, why not? I'm in. There's almost something like that in the last Memoverse film, actually, the day the world, the day the world abruptly almost ended as a, a kind of, a, kind of a battle like that. Kind of. <laughs> okay. So I just got an email. Ah. Yeah, I'll put this up on screen. Uh, this comes to us from Man in the Chat. In the Mechagoji 75. This is him in his kaiju room, his collection there. Looking pretty awesome. Let's get that posted real quick, and then we'll get into the awards. Cool. Are we going to play the theme song, or are you going to dupe that on? At the... We're just going to dive right in, man. Uh, it is 6.40 p.m. Pacific, and uh, we've got about an hour. So we're just going to dive in and have some fun here. But first, let's share with everybody who's watching. Look at that Kaiju collection. That's so, awesome. It's, yeah, it's that big one on the end that I have. The, the one that's right near the poster, I think. But boy, I love those other, you know, the... The Mecha G, and then the, I can't tell which Godzilla it is behind Mecha G on the edge of the, the, uh, the photo there, but super. See, and that's the trouble. If I, like Derek, if I really got into this, they would just take over the house. I had enough trouble just getting the Harryhausen figures. Well, and for me, at this point, I'm moving into Beth's house. Ah. So it's not like we have, uh. You know, <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff and I got to figure out what's going to go with what's, you know, whatever. So, all um, right. So, yeah, that's cool. Thank you for sharing that, man. I appreciate it. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Uh, since we're talking Kaiju, the one last thing uh, I'll mention is that uh, I do play a game on my iPad. I've mentioned it a few times um, called... But Godzilla Battle Line is what it's called. And it's an official game. Cool. Uh, Toho puts it together. Um, and it's, it's basically a combat game. Um, oh, nice. Not, not sponsored, but it's super fun. I enjoy playing it a lot. Uh, you assemble a team of eight various kaiju and 
battle it out with other people. They have special events you can whatever fight with. Um, and they have signed deals. So iPads are playing it on. Yep. Yep. Uh, they have signed deals with, um, legendary. So King Kong is one of the playable characters. Uh, also they've signed licensing deals with Subaraya. So yes, I can play Ultraman. Oh, so the, so yeah, I got, how does Ultraman versus Godzilla work out? Is it oh, like that uh, super fun that early episode of all? <laughs> it's super fun. So now as a kid, I was crushed because I thought, thought yeah, in, in the first Ultra series, they reused the Godzilla costume and they put a frill on his, around his neck uh, and, uh, and Ultraman beats him up and kills him. And as a child, seeing clips of that, I was like, oh, God, Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they just reused the suits. No, it's it's fine. I mean, you got Godzilla uh, in here. You can fight with uh, Ultraman. Uh, they've also signed deals with uh, whoever runs Evangelion. So you've got an Eva in here as well, an EVA. I don't know what any of that means, but it's a big guy with a big gun, and he does a lot of damage, and it's fun. So, yeah, it's a fun little game, y'all. Uh, and uh, if you do play it, I think you can play friends so let me know if it's something you're into but why don't we talk about what we're really here for let's talk about the monster rally retro awards steve what are the monster rally retro awards the monster rally retro awards are awards in which we have people vote on their favorite monsters their favorite movies and their favorite actors and actresses from a specific set of years that we've determined predetermined beforehand and i'm going to ask derek which years are we doing right now? So we broke it up into two years, um, typically, or into two installments. Typically, uh, we do three decades. So like 1931, 41, 51, so on. Unfortunately, uh, 1937 and 1947 were pretty rough years. So we combined them to 37, 38, 47, 48. And then keeping with that logic, we went 57, 58 and realized 57, 58 was a massive undertaking so we broke that up into its own separate award show and that's what we're doing here we're going to after having combined the two decade the two years announce the best actor actress monster director and film of the 57 58 let's call it a season i don't think we're going to double up like this next time but <laughs> no we could probably go back and do this one and split it and get completely different results so. but you know I wanted to keep it consistent with everything. It is what it is. It is what it is. Moving forward. We, that's one of the things. True. And we did expand the number of people that were, number of entries on the ballot this year. So there is that as well. So we announced the nominees last year, um, around November or so, it seems like. I can't remember for sure. We opened up the ballot, took votes until the end of 2022. I've got the winners here. Steve's got the ballot. He's going to announce or, or, read through the ballot and then I'll announce the winner. Yeah, I hope that your oh, version, which one are you doing first? What the first result you have? It is because the first one on the ballot I'm looking at is best movie. And usually we wouldn't do it that way. Okay. Well, what would you like to read first, Steve? Guest choice. Well, don't we usually just go through the, the best actor, then best actress? Works for me. Then director, then movie, then monster? Works for me. Let's do best actor. Right, so I'm going to try best actor first. Ready? There are yeah, eight nominees. 
And we should mention that this year, unlike other years, we decided that rather than have two separate nominations for one actor doing two different roles, we would roll in the actors and the nominations and actresses and their nominations together. So there are people like the first one I'm going to read here that have multiple nominations. For Best Actor, we have the great John Agar. For Doctor, uh, Daughter of Dr. Jekyll, the brain from Planet Oros, and Attack of the Puppet People. Quite a list of films there. We have Dana Andrews for Curse of the Demon slash Night of the Demon, which is one film but two versions, so that's kind of weird too, but hey, there we go. We have Whit Bissell for I Was a Teenage Werewolf, I Was a Teenage Frankenstein, Monster on the Campus, so three films there. We have the redoubtable Peter Cushing for The Abominable Snowman, Curse of Frankenstein, Horror of Dracula, Revenge of Frankenstein. We have Boris Karloff, the great Karloff, for Voodoo Island, Frankenstein, 1970, and Corridors of Blood. Quite a range of roles he's playing there. Then we have Christopher Lee. And, you know, I could just put the great in front of all these names, I think. Uh, for Curse of Frankenstein, Horror of Dracula, Corridors of Blood. We have Forrest Tucker, not in F Troop, but in a, a trio of films in these two years. The Abominable Snowman, Strange World of Planet X, and The Crawling Eye. Then finally, we have Grant Williams for Incredible Shrinking Man and The Monolith Monsters, which my wife brought up the other night. She was like, someone came to the library and they wanted this weird a 1950s thing. I can't remember what it was. And eventually, uh, after playing the uh, 20 questions for about two questions, I was like, is it the model of the monsters? You like, yes. Have you ever heard of this? I'm like, are you kidding? I love this film. So, and that is the last of our, our categories. Then we have other, if people wanted to write in other ones, as if these aren't enough, right? All right. So, so, so this is the first year that we've had a lot of hammer, uh, available to us um you know hammer really kind of becomes a force to be with which to be reckoned <laughs> uh in the late 50s and this is not the first time we're going to see hammer represented in the rallies moving forward i believe so we, yeah. we, ha we have pushing and lee on here and forrest tucker you know who was seeing the abominable snowman uh th this is an incredible lineup and if we had the capability to go in and do something with like CG and deep fakes and AI and all that other stuff. How fun would it be to do an expendables version of a monster movie with this, this group of eight right here? <laughs> How awesome would that, that would be? Just be awesome. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Somehow Vincent Price it didn't make it in this year, but uh, it was maybe between house of wax and the year it's, he started doing the Corman films, which are actually in the sixties, which we haven't done at all yet. So, so often we go, yeah, Go ahead. Well, I was going to ask, where, where did you end up going with? Like, what was your, your choice? Um, boy, this was hard. Uh, I went with Peter Cushing because look at those roles. <laughs> well, you share. Uh, Scientists in the Abominable Spellman. We have uh, Frankenstein and the Curse of Frankenstein. We have Van Helsing and Horror of Dracula. Then again, uh, Frankenstein and Revenge of Frankenstein. Uh, this is Cushing at the top of his powers, man. You're not alone. You are not alone. 64.4% of the vote went to Peter Cushing. He won. 
uh, followed second second place by Christopher Lee. So this this may be the start of Hammer's dominance uh, with the Monster Kid Rally Awards. What blows my mind, 4.4% of the vote in last place, Karloff. Oh. <laughs> you know? Well, it is kind of toward the tail end of his career. Uh, true, true. But I'm surprised he's last. I, But on the other hand, you know, Grant, look at Grant Williams. He's got only two, only two f- films there, and they're both among my favorites. Yeah. And Incredible Shrinking Man is my wife's fi- favorite science fiction horror movie, bar none. Well, let's go ahead and move on to Best Actress. Best Actress. And there are less multiple uh, nominations here because it's the 50s and, you know, they didn't put women in monster movies as much except as girlfriends and that kind of stuff and occasionally a scientist if we were really lucky. But still got some some fine nominees here. We have uh, Norma Everhart for The Return of Dracula, which is uh, a very Hitchcock-like Dracula film that's very fine. We have Beverly Garland, the great Beverly Garland for Not of This Earth. We have Allison Hayes for Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. We have Laurie Mitchell for Queen of Outer Space, not the India Scarface Queen, but the uh, the beautiful woman from Outer Space. We have Kim Parker, Fiend Without a Face, which is, I love that film. Almost everyone I know loves that film. We have Randy Stewart. As the the wife of the incredible shrinking man, we have Yvette Vickers, the other woman in Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman, and we have Peggy Weber for a film that Derek and I both love, the heroine or the protagonist of The Screaming Skull, and again other people. If those weren't enough, and I'm did we hit any write-ins? We did any category? Yeah. So for best actor, we did not. But for best actress, we had two write-ins and. You know, I, I don't blame them because they're also really good. Catherine Grant from Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. And I struggled with putting her on the ballot, and I opted not to, but somebody else corrected them my mistake. Mara Corday, Giant Claw on the Black Scorpion. Oh, man, we probably should have put her on. <laughs> yeah, right? I also thought of Catherine Grant after we had uh, put together the, the list. I thought, Catherine Grant on the list? And then, no, no. So, okay. So this one? Uh, boy, this is yeah. a tough one. Well, I will tell you, while you're looking at it for yourself and trying to remember who you voted for or, or whatever, the the votes on this were a little bit more distributed evenly. Um, the last one, Cushing had over you know, 50% of the vote. This time around, it's a little bit more, it looks more like a Trivial Pursuit pie. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to a Pac-Man. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not really surprised. When I, when I look at the, the pie chart that I get. I'm not going to be surprised if people went for Allison Hayes since she's the title character in Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. But I think I may have gone for Randy Stewart in The Incredible Shrinking Man because she's got a lot to do in that role and she does it really, really well. Well, Allison Hayes... Made a good showing. She tied for second with Randy Stewart and Yvette Vickers. Ooh. But number one, Beverly Garland. 
I had a hard, if I, I wouldn't swear who I voted for in this. And there's a lot of that in this grouping this year. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if I voted for Beverly Garland because it's always good to vote for Beverly Garland. And I may just have done it because I love Beverly Garland. Yeah. So no good for her. I'm not surprised. Well-deserved. She won with 23.3% of the vote. To give you an idea as to uh, how close some of this was or the distribution of votes that came in for that. So, all right. So that's best actor and actress. What do you want to move to next? Director? Yeah, let's do director movie and monster, I think. Sounds good to me. So the director, oh boy. <laughs> this this one's uh this one's tough too. Yeah, these are these are packed, and again, uh, we have multiple nominations. We have best director, we have Jack Arnold for The Incredible Shrinking Man, The Spadish Children, and Monster on the Campus. We have Robert Clark for the underrated Hideous Sun Demon. Which I have yet to yeah. talk about on the show. I haven't talked about that one yet. I keep meaning to. People make fun of that film, but I think it's pretty damn cool. It's, it's I really like it. I do too. We have Terrence Fisher for The Curse of Frankenstein, Horror of Dracula, The Revenge of Frankenstein, and boy, that's going to be a hard bunch to beat. We have Val Guest for Quatermass 2, a.k.a. The Enemy from Space, and The Abominable Snowman. So those of you that are Nigel Neal fans, you get your double Nigel Neal dose right there with Val Guest directing. We have the great Ishiro Honda for The Mysterians, H-Man, and Varan, which I was just listening to the soundtrack of yesterday. Good music. Honestly, it may be the, one of Ifukube's best soundtracks. No, it's I, I would and agree he, with you. It's fantastic. I really enjoy it. And he reused the music in a lot of the later things. They did. I do mix. And you're like, oh, that's that's Rodansteam. Oh, wait, no, it's Rodansteam. <laughs> we have Nathan Duran for... The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, The Deadly Madness, 20 Million Miles to Earth, The Brain from Planet Aros, and Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. Holy cow, what a list. Man, you got Universal yeah. Sci-Fi, you got Johnny Agar, you got Harry Housen, you, you got it all, man. You do, you do. We have Kurt Newman for The Fly, the great original version of The Fly with David Al Hedison and Vincent Price. Uh, movie that scared the willies out of me when I was a kid. And we have John Sherwood for our beloved monolith monsters. All right, well, wow. there, there was kind of a blowout on this one, but I'm curious to hear where you, where your loyalties lie. Well, um, we're into the Harryhausen era. <laughs> and when all else fails... I'm going to vote for whoever did something cool with Harryhausen because Harryhausen, as probably everyone that listens to the show knows, is one of my heroes. So I voted for Nathan Duran, but I wouldn't be surprised if Terrence Fisher got it, who he'd probably be my runner-up personally, although you know, there's so many good ones here, just so many. So... What did the voters say? Well, prepare to not be surprised. It was Terrence Fisher, 55.6% of the vote. Nathan Duran did come in second place. 
Uh, but yeah, Terrence Fisher came in as best director. Just you know, the the First ones and, you know, and and three punch of Chris Frankenstein Horror Dracula and Revenge of Frankenstein, which is one of my absolute favorite sequels of all time. I love Revenge of Frankenstein so much. It's it's so good. Uh, it's Cushing. I mean, just Cushing his yeah. Hand. No, I agree. I so love it. I agree, and it starts. You know, I mean, anything that starts with the guillotine falling is a right. It's an interesting open to the to the film. Exactly. Um, yeah, but Harry Harryhausen has my heart, and uh, and one of our regular watchers on Twitch is somehow related to Nathan Turan. Yep. I remember, I don't remember which of our people it is. Do you? Uh, I don't. I, I'm so far removed from having done the stream on a regular basis, but shout out to uh, Duran's descendant. He came in second place, but you know, your first place right, you know, or something, I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, and you know, and it's it's fun to have have uh, cool names on Twitch and places like that, but sometimes it, it makes it harder to remember who people are uh, in terms of, oh yeah, it's it's Patio Queen or, you know, it's Steve Marino or whoever. Whereas if I knew their real name, it might be easier for me to go, oh, it's, it's Bob Smith or it's Tom or it's Julie or whoever. All right. So that's what we've got for that. I believe our next category is going to be best movie then. Well, before we get into that, Steve, I want you to tell people how they can find your books. How do they can find my books? Well, you just go to his house and he keeps some in his living room. You just walk on it. No, just <laughs> right. Exactly. The easy way is to go to sdsullivan.com and look things up or just look up Stephen D. Sullivan on Amazon. In the next well, if I'm lucky, it'll be next Tuesday after we record this. If not, it may be the Tuesday after. Uh, and if I'm really unlucky, it'll go further than that. I'm actually starting a Kickstarter to kickstart my two Tales of the Blue Kingdoms books. And I actually have proof copies here, which you can see proof copies because the really ugly banner they put on them, but they're actual finished books and ready to go out to my Kickstarter backers when we get a chance. I also have a very cool, uh, people that order the books are also going to get some very cool, uh, book plates put in the books. So I'm going to be starting a Kickstarter and that will probably be announced. Uh, it'll be announced on my site, but it'll also be announced on, uh, Facebook really obviously. And, uh, I may even fire up my Twitter account, but, you can find me on Facebook. I'm Steve Sullivan. It's slash Steve Sullivan, I think, after Facebook. Or something like that. Monster Kid Radio is going to have links. Uh, you can also find me at the Monster Conservancy, SaveMonsters.com, which is also a Facebook group. So those are cool ways to find my stuff. And as I said, you can always go to my site and click numerous links and end up finding some cool books. But I'd love for people to support this Kickstarter plan is it's going to run run about a week it's going to be i think eight days so very short and the stuff is already done so once the kickstarter is over and i get the money all the stuff is going to go out and the, right now it looks like i'm planning to do free shipping in the u.s 
and the low low cost sh- shipping to England, Australia, and Canada at least. So something you all can look forward to in the next couple of weeks. For the end of the month, certainly, but I'm hoping much sooner than that. It's com. Get on that when you're done listening. Do us talk about the winners of the best mon, uh, best movie category. Right? Want to do best movie? I think that, that sounds good. Yep, the best movie time it is. So here we go. And prepare to tear your heart out again. Yeah, we got eight different titles to choose from, and they're all awesome. And and you're not going to want to choose this one, but you got to choose this one because we didn't allow you to do more. So here we go. Best movie. Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Harry Howes' favorite. The Blob with uh, Steve McQueen and a very cool theme song. The Curse of Frankenstein, the original and ever Frankenstein film. The Horror of Dracula, the original... Hammer Dracula film. It the terror from beyond space with a really cool monster and uh, clearly heavy influence on later films like Alien. Yeah, I'm a favorite of Derek and mine, the monolith monsters, which my wife has promised she will watch with me at some point, and she doesn't know what the monsters are in the monolith monsters, and that's going to be fun. We have the Screaming Skull, another personal favorite. Derek and I saw this in the theater together when I was out visiting uh, a number of years ago, and that was a whole lot of fun. And then one we haven't mentioned that hasn't come up, The Thing That Couldn't Die, which is uh, the original, one of the original, or maybe the original Head in the Box movie, where an evil head in a box uh, takes over people that are in in a dude ranch out in the California or the West somewhere, and works its evil will because it's the uh, the bodiless head of a warlock. A fun universal minor classic. Yeah. Other. Do we have any others this time? <laughs> the way you said that. Or other. Uh, no, no others. No others. Cool. Um, and since I did my true confession just a little while ago, I'm sure no one is surprised that I voted for Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Seven Voyages of Sinbad is one of my top five movies of all time, including every movie ever made. And it's in the top five, and it's never going to be moved out of the top five. Because I love that movie, and I'll watch it every time I can. But we're up against Frankenstein and Dracula, and people love all these other films. If I had to, I don't know, if I had to guess, I'd guess that Personally, I like Horror of Dracula better than Curse of Frankenstein. I'm sorry if that's blasphemy, but I do. Um, if So that would be my second choice. But I don't, I don't know. People, I think it's between one of the two hammers and Seventh Forge. So what what did the voters say, Derek? Well, it is between a hammer and a Harryhausen. Okay. So it is between Seventh Voyage of Sinbad and Horror of Dracula. Before I announce the winner, I do want to just say quickly to uh, the people in the chat, Ivory Bo just showed up and they were asking if we're live at this point. Yes, if you are watching this during its initial broadcast, it's a live recording right now. Uh, it's 7.05 p.m. Pacific. If you're watching right now, it's live. If you're watching it and it's not 7.05 Pacific, you're watching a recording. But I am live, I promise you. S- Steve might be. But we are live. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was live. Now I'm not. Yeah. No, oh, I'm still live. Thank you. Uh, the winner of Best Movie. Oh, man. It only won by four votes. Horror of Dracula. Oh, no. Horror of Dracula beat Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. Wow. Yeah. I'm... Shame on you, Harry Fitz. <laughs> wow. All right. Oh, no, no. This, as I said, that was my my other choice. If they hadn't been ganged up here, uh, I would never have had to made it, make this terrible choice. Between uh, one of my favorite Dracula movies. I, I love the... I, you know, I, this may be blasphemy for you as a Cushing fan and a Frankenstein fan, but uh, I like the Dracula films, the Dracula series, better than I like the Frankenstein See, I'm the other way around. At least historically, I have been. I would like to go back and rewatch them. It's been a few years since I've watched a lot of them. Um, but when I first discovered them, I think I fell in love with the Frankenstein movies first. And maybe that's why they're the ones that I kind of stick with. Um, and they're consistently Cushing. You know, you get, right. you don't, I like Lee, a little Lee goes a long way. Um, I like Lee a lot, but there are some times when I feel like he doesn't want to be there and it's kind of obvious. Whereas I don't feel like Cushing, if he didn't want to be there, he didn't let us know. <laughs> but anyway. The, the crazy thing is one of the best, one of the Lee films that I like best is the one where he doesn't talk. Right, because he thought the dialogue was so stupid right. that he didn't want to say it. But I love that film. Yeah. I love that film. I love it too, man. I, you know, silence I, in it. Yeah, and I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. And, and toward the end of the series, there were there were ones in the series where it seemed like they didn't put as much effort into the story as they could have. No, oh, sure. Um, and and we would probably disagree on which ones those were, but. Just overall, I I love the whole set, and the first three of the Dracula series are, I think, fabulous. And that's it takes us up to the fourth one, which just Taste the Blood, which I know a lot of people think that's that's their favorite too. Anyway, it's great work, and I can't I can't turn away and say no, no, that's uh, that's wrong because it's how can it be wrong, right? Because it's a hammer. Well, and you know, it's voted on by the listeners, you know, and, and ultimately I love what I do here on Monster Kid Radio and I'm going to bring my own biases and favorites and preferences. So of course I am. But in the end, podcast, I'm going to say a podcast isn't a podcast so it doesn't have listeners. You know, it, it's, y'all make this what it is. And I right. love doing the rallies because I feel like it gets a chance for the community that has somehow sprung up around me <laughs> to get involved <laughs> in a way that I think is truly special. Speaking of the community, you've got some chats happening. Uh, Ivor Bow, it's good to see you, Derek. Uh, they say, thank you. Uh, thanks for saying I look well. I appreciate that. Uh, I don't know if I am overly healthy right now. Uh, I was losing a little bit of weight, but then life gets in the way of things. Uh, I'm, I'm ridiculously happy, if not stressed and exhausted all the time so maybe that's kind of coming through uh you do they did say uh you hope i come back live here soon uh if you're just now joining us i did say this earlier i do have plans to bring back the channel in a more significant way now i will tell you this the wedding is planned for april i don't know if i've announced that on the show if i have it 
Okay. Well, it's happening in the beginning of April. Um, and then I'm going to be moving in with Beth. She's in a house that, you know, one of her adult daughters lives there and her parents live in an attached unit as well. So there will be some adjustments of getting me set up over there, that sort of thing, where we're kind of rearranging a couple of bedroom situations, setting up one of the rooms as an office for both her and I, because she wants to do some more streaming stuff as well, get more involved in the on online side of things, which I think is great because one, she's a lot prettier to look at than I am. And two, um, she's an amazing human being. And I'll share a little bit of that with y'all. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, there's that, but, uh, eventually at some point this year we would like to see a huge push for more things happening on twitch on youtube uh, we've got some pretty big ideas some pretty amazing plans not a week goes by that i don't connect with her after a long day at work exhausted and all i want to do is curl up with her and watch an episode of outlander or something and she <laughs> says that she has this new idea for something and she mentions it and i'm like that's, that's the most brilliant thing I've ever heard. I know I'm biased, but that's going to be awesome. And that's part of our way out of this hellhole. So, you know, <laughs> she's, um, she's got some pretty good ideas. She's helped inspire some good ideas for me. So we're going to see more movies happening here. There's all some other things, some other things happening. We're going to, as I said earlier, we're probably going to rebrand this. It's not going to be the monster kid movie club channel. There will be a monster kid movie club day or program, but there will be other streaming that happens as well here on this channel. Uh, and like I said, YouTube is going to be part of that as well. We've got some YouTube series and YouTube video ideas that we want to develop. Uh, she's writing something as well. Uh, you know, I've got my writing. It's just all sorts of incredible things that we want to do. But Great. the wedding coming up, that's kind of got to take priority. I hope y'all understand. <laughs> no. How dare you get married? Right, you're supposed to be slaving away here. When and this little girl, we get you on camera. No, yep, this little girl who's wearing a sweater. He got really. Is that her her thunder thunder vest thing? So I didn't even know about that until you mentioned it. So it's it's just a sweater that was for one of one of Beth's previous cats, but we put it on her and it has turned her into such a little love bug. It's adorable. So we're trying to get her kind of a little bit more chill so that she can integrate with the two cats over at Beth's house. She's got two right. boy cats, a little bit bigger than her, a lot dumber than her. And uh, yeah, we're just trying to figure out the best way to integrate. And you put the sweater on her and she's just like, wants to just cuddle and hang out and not be feisty, which I love her feisty, but you know. Anyway. Right, but with other animals, that can be a problem, and that's, you know. Yeah. She's missing Beth right now, who is out of town in St. Louis at Trans World, if you're in the area, and you hear this in time. Look for the cute redhead. Don't get any ideas, but tell her I said hi. <laughs> All right. Shall we? I, I want to say hi to the, the people that are out there in the chat. Okay. So it's, it's nice to see Debbie Dye and uh, Ivory Bow and and all the other people. Ivory Bow, are you the one that's related to Nathan Gerana? I believe so. Or am I misremembering it as someone else? Someone else in this group. But it's great to see some of the regular crowd hanging out here with us as we do this live. So, that said, I believe we are down to one category. Am I correct about that, Darren? Oh, it was not Ivory Bow. 
one of you, one of y'all is related to Nathan Duran. I know one of y'all are. My apologies for not remembering who it is. I'm out of practice. Crass, yeah, no, and I don't remember either, and I should. And uh, now I'm not, not even going to guess. <laughs> I was going to say, who, who is it? And I was going to throw out some names, but somebody, somebody there is like the, he was their uncle. And I can't remember who it was now. Sorry, guys. I apologize. All right. But that aside, we are down to the last category, the ultimate category. The uh, And we did this last because we're all monster kids, right? And the last category is... Best monster. Best monster. Best monster. And if you thought the rest were packed, <laughs> I think we've got... We didn't. We limited the other ones to like eight. It looks to me like there's about 12 things on this list. Yeah, we expanded. <laughs> Derek. And I'm going to read them off and then uh, tell you which one I voted for, uh, which is not going to be a surprise. And you're going to tell us who won. So the best monster, the nominees are the Cyclops from the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, the Yeti from the Abominable Snowman, Abominable Snowman. I thought I was going to get through the whole thing and say that right every time, but not quite. Uh, we have the Giant Scorpions from the Black Scorpion. We have the Blob, which kind of its own movie, the Blob. We have Gore. The Brain from Planet Oros. Uh, the great John Agar fun film. We have the giant eye creatures from The Crawling Eye. I guess we could have just called them The Crawling Eyes from The Crawling Eye. We have the brain spine creatures that are never, never even given a name from Fiend Without a Face, which I guess could have been Fiend Without a Name, right? We have the Flan Fly. Lots of title characters here in this group. We have Dracula from Horror of Dracula. We have the alien, otherwise known as It, from It, the Terror from Beyond Space. We have Varan from Daikaiju Varan, otherwise known as Varan. The original iteration, I believe, of Varan, mm -hmm. the one that flies. Right. Correct. Boy, is that a great monster rally right there. <laughs> I have a lot of fun tackling that one. And... I told you when we started this, or close to the start, that if it has Harryhausen, it's got my vote. And so I voted for the, the iconic Cyclops from the seventh voyage of Sinbad. But looking down this list, Dracula's on the damn list, and it's Dracula played by Christopher Lee. So yeah. I'm thinking that my uh, my Cyclops may go down hard on this, but well, I guess Derek is going to tell us right now. We had a write-in, Emir from 20 Million Miles of Earth, who got written in. A brilliant write-in. Thank you, Kenny. I'm sure that was Kenny, because I know he loves the Emir for yeah. 20 Million Miles. So, um, this one was tough as well. Uh, we had three that made a good showing. A very good showing. Those three were the Blob. The Cyclops from Seventh Voyage of Sinbad and the titular Dracula from Horror of Dracula. The Blob was going to be my guess for the third one because yeah. three of them all. The, the blob, blob came in third. Okay, we hold the Blob came in third. Number one, the winner of Best Monster for the second part of the 2022 Monster Kid Retro Awards, Retro Rally Awards, rallies. The Cyclops. Cyclops beat Dracula for best monster. 
Go, you one-eyed freak. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it's such an iconic monster, and it's been echo, echoed down through so many other films since. I mean, obviously in Jack the Giant Killer, but you can see echoes of the Cyclops in a lot of modern-day animation and and Star Wars. And sure. Everything. It's it's the the single eye that launched a thousand careers in FX or something like that. You know, there was a, a Greco-Roman reference. You've got the something like that. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the face that launched a thousand special effects careers. Yeah, uh, and I I love that character. He's a great character. Uh, and the thing that I I don't know. If Y'all remember the first time you saw that film, and I, I barely remember because it, it was so long ago. But the minute that Cyclops shows up on that beach, it was like, whoa! <laughs> I am in love with this film now, immediately. It's, it's just, it's, it's a, a good creature. It's a great character. It's a great character. And I think, and that, that I think is what dif- differentiates it from anything else he got nominated is that. Uh, Harry Hausen didn't view these as monsters. He viewed them as characters, as, as beings, as, you know, more than just something to be scared by, you know, and uh, that, that really shows. And, you know, I, I can't I can't disagree. I can't disagree. Cyclops is a great yeah. beast, a great creation. So. And Dracula's going to have other chances for him. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we got plenty of Dracula coming. Here's what we got. I think Dracula might pop up again unless... You, they made the mistake of not doing the next film until 1960, which I don't remember with what the data on the next film in the series is. You know, we'll we'll double check. Now, the next Rally Awards will announce later this year the new ballot. The 2023 Monster Rally Retro Awards will honor 30, 1939, 1949, and 1959. We're going to go back to just doing a single year per decade. And then after that, we get into the 60s, and things are going to get weird. Uh, we'll, we'll see... If y'all want us to continue, um, I, I think we're going to, and I have some ideas on how to incorporate the 60s and a couple of other categories that we have ignored over the years, uh, silent films and serials. Coincidentally, right, they just start with an S. So, you know, we'll, we'll have that, uh, the, con- the, the, the consonants altogether, the 60s, the serials and the silence. We'll figure out how best to do those, so. Yeah, well, we'll figure that out. We got some time to figure it out before we get to it, though, because like I said, well, 39, 49, and 59 are the next, the next round, and uh, we'll start building yep. that ballot later this year, after the wedding. <laughs> after the wedding, right? We don't know when it will happen, but it will definitely be after the wedding. Yes, yeah. Where I had somebody reach out to me, Steve Turek actually reached out to me today and asked if he, I'd want him to put some. I think he called them filler episodes, but that kind of makes it sound like they're not good. Um, and they are good. They are good. But he offered to put together some filler episodes if I needed to uh, catch my breath, you know, to get ready for the wedding and everything else. And I appreciate that. So you may hear some Steve Turek leading up to the wedding itself. I know Beth is going to be on the show a lot in the future. Um, Jeff Paulier, if you're listening, um, we're going to have you on the show with Beth to talk about the animated film Monsters vs. Aliens since uh, she called me out for having never seen it before and Jeff did so as well so that'll be coming up in the future 
uh, Kaiju Lie, like I talked about, Kaiju movies in the month of July. Um, you know, we got more Beta Capsule review, more famous monsters of film land. As long as they keep producing it, I'm going to keep running it because they can't help but put together awesome segments uh, from open to other segments as well here on the show. I just want to see Monster Kid Radio grow, both as a podcast, as a YouTube presence, as a Twitch, and everywhere else. So, so if you want to be part of it yeah. and have some ideas, reach out to me at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Monsters versus aliens going real new school with that. You know, when Beth brought it up on a recent episode of Monster Kid Radio, we were watching, what were we watching? I don't even remember how it came up in conversation, but she showed me a clip and I was like, that's the 50 foot woman. That's the gill man. That's, that's the monsters. What, what is happening here? So, you know, we'll, we'll give it a go. It's pretty cool, although I would have not made the Gill Man's lips red. But that's there's an ancient controversy there. You know, that's how it looks in some weird colorized photos, and I don't, I don't like it either. But I don't buy it. Yeah, I think that was changed. I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah, can we blame Ackerman for that one? That can we blame Ackerman? Keddy, can you double check? Is he? The famous monsters first published the Gilman with red lips photo. <laughs> and it's, it's funny, you know, I, I remember my my dad, when we were, uh, when I was a little, little kid, we got him the Creature from the Black Lagoon Aurora model kit. Mm-hmm. And I remember the painting on that had, I think, red lips. So I think it maybe predates Fauri, hmm. uh, may actually go back to the original publicity photos somehow or something. I don't know. Well, the Aurora well, models, that was what? That was James Bomoth. Was that the artist who did the artwork? I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe. I, I just remember, you know, my dad painting this model. But the only model I ever remember him building, but God bless him. He, you know, he put some effort into that sucker. And uh, I seem to remember his rendition of the model had, had red lips, according to the the painting guide, but I've seen photos, colored photos from the time where it's, it does not look like the creature has red lips. So, so I, I don't know much about the history of the Aurora models. Um, I was not a model kid growing up really. Um, did they come with the paint or did you have to buy the paint separate? You had to buy the paint separately. Okay. So it wouldn't have been, but they had painting guides that were in them, but they, and they would recommend their own, own paints. Of course, it's like, Testers red number three, testers gold, testers. Okay. So it had that kind of stuff, but it was kind of a an arrow that said pointing here, paint this, this, as I remember it. Now that's, you know, it's getting close to 60 years now. Yeah. So it's a long time. Well, I'd be interested to, to learn more about that if anybody has an answer or any insight on that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some expert out there knows, but I am. For a green-lipped Gilman. That's just me. <laughs> All right. So, let's see. Kenny's response. Oh, our both response. But but the Brain from Planet Eros should have won. That's a great movie, too. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Kenny, go Ray. Coolest looking monster. He would win 1958, but 57 belongs to the Ymir. Yep. That's true. That's true. So, Steve, I want to thank you for doing this, man. Um, if you're watching, I got a surprise for you. I'm going to run the Screaming Skull. Why not? 
Uh, I'm not going to stick around live because I need to go eat something and I have some work to do. But you're here. Oh, cool. Let's watch a movie. Let's start a movie at the very least. So uh, get your popcorn. Get yourself something to drink. Let your friends know the Screaming Skulls about to play here in the Monster Kid Movie Club on the Twitch channel. Uh, if you are uh, a podcast listener, this is what you miss when you don't tune into Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> Every week I say this, and every week I mean it just a little bit more. Thank you for being here listening to Monster Kid Radio. It means a lot to know that y'all dig what we do here, that I've got people out there that are enjoying the work that gets put into the podcast by myself, the guests, the people who put together the segments, the segment producers like Mark and Kenny. It's just amazing to me that y'all are out there digging what we're throwing down I hope you've enjoyed this particular episode of Monster Kid Radio. You've enjoyed kind of the kind of sort of announcements about some things that are coming in the near future and just the conversation we had about the best movies of 1957 and 1958. What's coming up next week? I have no idea. Uh, you know, I still don't have my act together enough to be able to predict what's going to happen with the next episode of Monster Kid Radio, but there will be another episode of Monster Kid Radio, so make sure you stay tuned to monsterkidradio.net. Stay subscribed to the podcast, whoever you listen to the podcast. Make sure you like and follow and reshare and retweet and just let the world know about Monster Kid Radio. The more, the merrier. I can tell you that on next week's episode of Monster Kid Radio, we're going to get some feedback. I've got some emails that have come in that we're going to share with y'all. And speaking of emails and feedback, if you'd like to be part of the conversation here and would like to send an email to us, please email me at monsterkidradio at gmail.com. That's monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Or you can send us a voicemail. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 360-524-2484. 360-524-2484. And keep in mind, there's a three-minute limit on the voicemail. But if you have more than three minutes worth of stuff to say, call back and I'll just stitch the emails together. Or record an audio file of your own and email it, again, to monsterkidradio at gmail.com. Our contact information is available on our website at monsterkidradio.net. You're going to find the contact information. You're going to find links to our Facebook page, Facebook group, Twitter, Twitch, Discord, Patreon, YouTube, you name it. It's all over there. Plus, our Amazon affiliate link is there, so if you want to help the show out whenever you're shopping on Amazon, please consider using the Amazon affiliate link. And I'm not just talking about if you're going to buy a movie or something. Anything that you buy on Amazon, if you click on the Amazon affiliate, the Frankenstein logo that I have with the Amazon A in it, click on that, and that puts you in the Monster Kid Radio bubble or umbrella. Any shopping you do after you click on that link will count towards helping us out. Doesn't cost you anything extra. It just takes a couple pennies out of Mr. Rocket Man's pockets and putting it into ours. So, really appreciate you there. I appreciate all the support that we get here, whether you're a Patreon subscriber or patron or, or uh, yeah, I guess it's just patron, right? Or somebody who participates in our conversations on Facebook or, you know, even when we got the Twitch thing going, subscribing to our Twitch channel. As I said earlier in the recording that happened on Twitch, I do plan on bringing some Twitch activity back here soon. It's going to be slow going. You know, I got this big slow reboot and reformat happening, but eventually we're going to see some more movie stuff happening as well as some other fun things happening on the Twitch channel as well, so 
make sure you subscribe or at least follow the Twitch channel for that. I'm trying to think of anything else is going on, but I, I think that's pretty much it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up so we can get the podcast out to you. Thank you for listening. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio, LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio, LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative 3.0 Unported License. That doesn't apply to the song Kashyyyk Beach Party. That is copyright 2016 Hattori Hanzo Surf Experience. It's from their album, Meanwhile in Mallorca. My name is Derek M. Cook. I'll talk to everybody next week. Ciao.